You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast, and Merry Christmas. So I'm making this recording on December the 1st, and you guys are listening to it a little bit after that. But man, I'm so excited to be in the Christmas season with my sisters and brothers to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus. If you were at church with us Sunday, you know that we lit the Advent candle of hope. And so we're reflecting on how Jesus Christ is the hope of Christmas. And I just want to kick off with the beginning of Matthew's gospel for an Advent reading today. I'm not going to read a lot because if you've read this, you know that the longest part of Matthew chapter 1 is just a long, long genealogy. The first 16 verses are explaining that Jesus Christ was born from the line of David, uh, so he is the Messiah of Jerusalem. So I'll just sort of break down a couple of the high points, because I know that like a genealogy doesn't sound exciting, but I want to show you how this genealogy whispers hope to the people who would have first read it. Matthew's readers were super Jewish. I mean, when you read Matthew's gospel, you can see that he was uh, writing for Jewish readers who needed to know that Jesus was a Messiah, that he picked up the legacy of King David. He picked up the legacy of Moses. Like he's the promised one who fulfills the law of God. And so the genealogy in Matthew's gospel shows those readers that Jesus brings the hope that Messiah should bring. Let me, let me just kind of kick it off this way. So First of all, the genealogy is broken into three big chunks in Matthew's gospel. And so these big chunks uh, take you basically from Abraham down to David, from David to the exile, and then from the exile to Jesus. And so I'll read just a couple of like key verses. Um, you know, verse 2 says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And so now you have an Israel because those brothers, those 12 tribes, Skip way down from the from Abraham to David. In verse 6 it says, And Jesse the father of King David, and David was the father of Solomon. So King David is sort of the next big break uh, because the Jews saw David you know, as the, the best king, and the Messiah would somehow fulfill God's promise to David that David would always have a descendant on the throne. And so it clearly wasn't Solomon or any of Solomon's kids so they understood that it would be Messiah. All right, but, but the crazy bit is that if you read the Old Testament story, it just did not seem to turn out that way. Like in the, in the story of the Old Testament, David's descendants were not able to rule. Like they allowed idolatry. In fact, they became many of them idolaters. Judah was warned by the prophets, didn't respond. And Jerusalem eventually was destroyed and the people were taken into exile. So in verse 11 of this genealogy, Matthew remembers that. He said this, And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. So he was super clear to give you this little marker that two-thirds of the way through this genealogy, Jerusalem's inhabitants were in exile. So that sort of sets the stage for Matthew's gospel, that the Jewish people uh, were exiled, and they did get to return. You know, Ezra, Nehemiah, and so many of the others came back to be the remnant rebuilding the temple. But are they really out of exile? Did they ever really get to rebuild? Like, are they really free? Because right now they're governed by the Romans, and before that they were governed by the Greeks. 
Do they really have the kind of independence that they wanted? Are they spiritually healthy? Are they spiritually free? And some New Testament scholars have have argued that the Jewish population of Jerusalem and Judea in the first century, they would not have felt free. The Jewish readers of the greater area around Israel and all scattered around the diaspora of the Mediterranean, they would understand that the people really never fully recovered from exile. And some people believe that Jesus as Messiah came, not to conquer the enemies, but to set them free. Not just spiritually free, not not only free in spirit from their sins, but to allow them to be a part of God's kingdom, his authentic and real kingdom that begins on the earth and extends in the age to come. But that it was Messiah who was going to really deliver them from exile. So this verse 11 remembers the exile. And when you keep reading through the genealogy in verse, uh, in verse 16, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus who is called the Messiah, which for the Hebrew reader would have, would have meant the anointed one. The Messiah is the one who has been anointed, the, of the line of King David, the one whom God's Spirit has marked to be the hope of all Israel. So Matthew summarizes this genealogy for you in verse 17. He says, So thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from exile to Messiah. So it looks as if Matthew wants you to summarize this genealogy something like this. God made a promise to Abraham. And if you checked 14 generations, you would see David, who could be the hope, but it turns out that David is only a part of the puzzle. So the promises God made to Abraham passed on, intensified, clarified in David. A king will come and rule on the throne. But then 14 years after David, you don't have that ruler. You have exile. But 14, year, 14 generations later, you have Jesus. So it's as if Matthew really wants you to see that in Abraham, God made a promise. In David, that promise had matured to to the point that it looked like it could be a reality. But 14 years later, there was only disappointment because of sin and rebellion. There was hopelessness. There was exile. But 14 generations after that, there was Jesus. And it's almost as if Matthew's readers would begin, even before they read about Joseph and Mary, to pick up on the strong undertones of hope that God had anointed a leader to rescue his people Israel, and not only Israel, but to make a family for himself all over the world. So Abraham to David, David to exile, exile to Messiah. That's really the way the genealogy is set up. And while the genealogies aren't fun to read, like nobody reads the genealogy in Matthew and says, wow, that was devotionally rewarding. I feel so encouraged. But I just wanted you to catch that when that was put together, it was put together on purpose. And even the genealogy whispers about the hope of the Advent season. So for you and I, where do you need hope? Are you stuck in exile? Maybe you're still a slave to your sins, battling your anger, your greed, your racism, your hate. Maybe you're still comparing yourself to everybody else, or covetousness still owns you. Or, or maybe that's not it. Maybe you're just stuck in a rut as a cultural Christian, or maybe you're just afraid. Maybe 2020 has been too much. I don't know where you are or where you need those whispers of hope, but I want to remind you about the hope that Jesus brings, that He brings hope in this age and in the age to come. He's created an eternal kingdom, 
And I want us to rest in it, to delight in it, and to live in the freedom, the salvation of Messiah Jesus. So, Merry Christmas, church family. I love you as we begin to tune our hearts for the Advent season. I hope that with every passing day, you will increase in hope as you get ready to celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad he came for us. God bless you. Have a fantastic week on mission. I want to encourage you to have gospel conversations this season and share the hope of Jesus with everybody that you can. God bless you.